Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Amen. I pray that by the end of this message, somebody's life will be touched by the power of God. Somebody will respond to the Lord and that you will give God praise and thanksgiving and your appreciation. As I mentioned, when I went to the celebration service yesterday, they were supposed to be celebrating, but they were just kind of chilling. And um, I don't know, we've become spectators more than anything else in our life. We show up at places to see what's going on. And if it's and if it's something that worked with our flow, then we'll just keep doing it or we'll say, yeah, I like that. But if it's not something that worked with your flow, you cut out and you'll say, eh, won't do that again. And so we have become a people of spectators, not participators. And in the kingdom of God, he didn't call us to be spectators. He called us to be participators. And so I don't want to be a spectator. And so... You know, it takes, nowadays, it takes everything, man. It takes the power of the Holy Ghost to get people stirred up. And, um, you know, I, I thank God for the power of the Holy Ghost. I went up to pray, and of course, there's some things that just challenges me. And so when I realized that we were just there to spectate, I said, Holy Ghost, help me. And of course, when I went up and prayed, I had to just pray, you know, not no spectating. I didn't go up there and look and say, and Lord, touch them, and Lord, help them. I just let the Holy Ghost do what the Holy Ghost do. And so a little bit of fire had to get under their seat, so they got up a little bit because the fire touched them. But, but I, just, I just think that we need to get in the place of stop spectating and start participating and get involved with what God is doing. Worship him and let him know, oh, God, how excellent. Mm. Mm. Matthew chapter 14, we are going to, as I'm talking about participation, let's do this together this morning. And so we'll read the entire thing together. We're going to read verse 22 through 33. Uh Uh-huh. So you know you're in church today. When you leave, you can't say you weren't in church because you're reading 11 verses of Scripture. And you know you don't do that when you're home. (laughs) So you know when you leave here today, you can say, oh, I went to church and I was involved. Because I read 11 scriptures this morning. So Matthew chapter 14, when you're there, say amen. Amen. Now, you know I try to tell you when we read, just don't read it like the newspaper. Don't read it like you're on the internet. Don't read it like you're reading a book. Say, Spirit of the living God, help me to receive as I'm reading. Help me to get understanding as I'm reading. Because you want understanding as you're reading. Because there's a lot of things that's just in this text that we're going to talk about today. But while you're reading, just take it in. Think about the words, some of the words that's being used. And it will really help you to understand what God is saying to us. Matthew chapter 14, verse number 22. Are you there? Are you ready to read? Let's read. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. 
And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the winds were contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore did thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Thirty three, right? You read 11 verses of scripture. Oh, God. A lot's going on that we just read. So we, we got to unpack all of what was going on right there. Amen. Will you please be seated? I've entitled today's message, Faith Tried and Tested. Faith Tried and Tested. Faith Tried and Tested. Faith Tried and Tested. Let me give you a commercial before I get started. Brother Tony came in this morning and said, Pastor, I like Thursdays. He said, he was on fire Thursday. I said, really? He said, yeah. He was just like, uh, coming. I didn't know that's what was happening, but that's what Brother Tony said. But I guess what I'm saying is, Brother Tony says Thursdays is good. So if you want to know how good Thursdays are, see Brother Tony. He will convince you that Thursdays are good. And I must say, um, I think Thursdays are probably, no, I'm not going to say it because then you'll just not come on Sundays. But 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 Thursdays are really good. <laughs> I'm telling you, you you get materials to work with. Uh you, you get clarity and you get to understand the word of God. So, when you can make it on Thursdays, uh, I want you to try and make it because Tony is promoting it. I'll make him the promotions director for Thursdays. <laughs> Faith tried and tested. Remember, I've always told you that the traditional definition of faith is not uh, what I teach. And according to scriptures, I believe what I teach is more sound than the traditional teaching that you've heard about faith and what faith really is. And so I have scripture that I can always use to back up what I believe faith is according to the word of God. 
But since we have held on to the tradition that faith is just that you got to really believe, I'll let you hold on to it if you want. Uh, but I'm going to tell you what faith really is today once again. And when you understand this, you will understand that that's real faith. And so I try to make it simplified every time I talk about it, uh, hoping that uh, you will understand it. So here's a definition that I have for faith for you. Faith is the knowledge of the deity and humanity of God. Faith is the knowledge of the deity and humanity of God. Now, I know you read your Bible and it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, that faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And what I tell people that that is a description of faith, that is not faith. Because if I asked you to really tell me what faith is after reading that, you couldn't tell me. You'll probably end back up at just believe. So I'm telling you that the description of faith is the knowledge of the deity and humanity of God. Now, when you get that understanding of that, then you will have complete trust and commitment to God. So you wonder why sometimes people don't trust and commit to God is because they really don't know who he is. Because when you know who he is, this is why it is essential for people to understand that Jesus Christ is God Almighty and man at the same time. We have to get that in our brain that when Jesus was walking this earth, it was God Almighty walking this earth in the form of man. We have to get that. And here is why you need to get that, because when you get that, you won't ask why anymore. When you get that, you won't ask how anymore. When you get that, you won't think anything is poss impossible with God. But as long as you're still not sure about that, you will question some things. But anytime you understand what God has done and who he is, then you don't question or worry about it. You just say, he's got it. When you understand who he is, you just say, he's got it. But as long as you're still questioning, who is this God? And, and then when you get an understanding in your mind to say who this God is, and then all of a sudden he doesn't fit with it because you started thinking he's supposed to be this way, and then it doesn't ma match up or line up with what you're thinking, now all of a sudden you're thrown off. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, that's because you have the wrong perception of who he is. But once you get the right perception, you will never be thrown off. You will never be thinking one thing and, 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 and be lost in anything. You will understand what I don't know, he doesn't want me to know. Because he's the all-knowing God. He's omniscient. He knows everything. He knows your thoughts before you get them. He is, um, he is present everywhere all at once. How does he do that? He's all powerful. He's got all power. And there is no power in this earth that is not from him. So when we understand who God is, then we have complete trust in him. And that is faith. That is faith. You can't have complete trust. You're lying to yourself if you have complete trust in something or anyone that you don't know. 
Don't lie to yourself. You might trust a little bit because you're looking for something. Let me kind of just check him out a little bit. You know, people come to church sometimes and listen to the preacher. Let me check him out a little bit, see if he's legit. And so a couple things I say, you might say, okay, that's not too bad. But you ain't having no complete trust in me. Same thing with God. We check him out a little bit, but we don't really have complete trust in him. But when you come to know that Jesus Christ was almighty God in flesh, that he became man and dwelt among us, he cried, he suffered, he ate, but at the same time he was still doing stuff as God. Take up thy bed and walk. Receive thy sight. He was still doing God things even though he was in the form of man. When you understand that he humbled himself and became as man and walked this earth and served and then he gave his life so he can die instead of us dying. When you understand God himself has done that for us, then there's nothing too hard. Uh. So that's faith. The knowledge of the deity and humanity of Almighty God that enables you to have complete trust in him. Mm -hmm. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse number 2, the Bible says this. And that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. For all men, what is that? I love to teach you. Everybody don't have faith. Now you get it. And you know how the Bible says some of us have obtained a measure of faith. You know what that means? Through creation, you get some kind of understanding that God is real and that he exists. Because you start realizing, well, how can that be? Well, there must be a God. So that's how you get a little measure of it. You obtain it. But to have faith, God has to reveal himself to you, whether by revelation himself or through the teaching of his word, and then he will bring revelation to you. But all people don't have faith. So you need to ask yourself, do you have faith? Because listen to what Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. So we need to have faith, don't we? Because if we don't have it, we can't please him. Let me show you my definition in that scripture still. Look at the next verse. For he, talking about you and me, that cometh to God. What did it say? Finish it. Must believe what? Stop right there. Let it simmer. If you come to God, you must know that he is. You see the definition in there? So by approaching God, you need to approach him with trust and confidence because you know that he's God. Many of us go to God and not sure, but we're so desperate that we just say, let me try this. That's not faith. You're just trying something to see if it works. And can I tell you a little secret? And God is so gracious that sometimes he does do something for you. And then you get twisted and say, man, 
okay? It's that easy, huh? No, God is just gracious and loving and kind. And sometimes, even in our ignorance, he will still do us favors. Mm-hmm. 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 So without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You know what I'll say this morning? There is not one person that will seek God that God won't reward. There is not one person that will come to God that God won't reward. I remember when I was growing up as a kid and you met like a really a nice man or something and you come close to them and you start to know them. They will reward you so they will give you stuff. You come and say, hey, Mr. So-and-so, hey, Mrs. So-and-so, they be nice to you and give you stuff. Well, they're just people and people are not perfect, but God is perfect. So think about it. You go to God and you seek him. You don't think he's going to reward you. You don't think God is going to bless you. You don't think God is going to do something amazing for you. And so God wants you to seek him because he will reward you. I want God to reward me and so I will seek him. That's why I call upon his name and say, Jesus, I need thee, O Lord. I need thee. I've come to seek you. Wherever you are, God, I know you're present everywhere at once, Lord. And I ask, Lord God, that you'll show me the way I must take. Show me, Lord God, what I must do. Show me the way that I must go in, Lord God. I seek you, Lord. What is your will? What do you want me to do, God? My life belongs to you. What do you want me to do, Lord? How do you want me to serve you, Lord? Oh, God, I seek you because I want you. Here is some more scripture for you. Here are some more thoughts for you. Oh, my God. Help me, Holy Ghost. Oh, God will, will give you blessings. God will, 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 will provide things for you. But I'm here to tell you this morning, when you seek God, the things that you will reap from God is greater than blessings. We might call it blessings. We may call it material things. We will call it whatever we want. But I'm here to tell you this morning, when you seek God, you will receive an inheritance. You can seek his blessings and just get some blessings and some gifts. But if you seek God, you will receive an inheritance because you become an heir to the throne of God. I want to be an heir. I'm not interested in just giving a little, getting a little gift here and a little gift here. I'm not interested in God just blessing me here and blessing me there. I'm interested in knowing God. I'm interested in getting a real relationship with him. I'm interesting, interested in having a real relationship with God because that's when I get inheritance. I'm here to tell somebody, forget about the little material things that God can give you. Forget about the little blessings that God can give you. We're seeking the hand of God when we should be seeking the heart of God. I don't need the hand of God. I need the heart of God. I want God to say, that's my boy. I want God to say, that's my girl. I want the heart of God, not the hand of God. Because if I have the heart, the hand comes with it. But if I have the hand, I may not have the heart. I want the heart of God. Not the 
hand of God. Somebody clap their hands to the Lord and say, God, I want your heart. I want your heart. I don't want your hand. I know you can bless me anytime. I know you can provide for me anytime. I know you can do for me whatever you want. But I want you. I want your heart, Lord. Not your hand. Somebody clap their hands unto the Lord. I want the heart of God, not the hand of God. And so I'm not caught up in material things and, you know, this problem and that problem getting resolved. As long as I got the heart of God, I'm all right. You cannot possess faith without experiencing trials. You cannot possess faith unless you have trials. <laughs> you, you, you can say you have faith, but if you say you have faith and you've never had a trial, if you if your faith has never been tested, you got to look again. you got to check again to see if you really got faith. If everything is always going good for you and things are always working out for you and you say, I trust God, I believe God, but it's all good all the time, I'm here to tell you, you may not have faith. You may have experienced some blessings and some gifts, but if you have not been tested in your faith, maybe you have not yet possessed it. Uh-huh. I want to possess faith. I, I just don't want to talk about faith. I don't want to just throw faith around like, oh, yeah, everybody has faith. I don't want to just throw it around like, oh, I know I have faith. No, I need to know. This is, this is, this is too important. We can play around with everything else. We have life insurance for our life. We have insurance in our cars, in our homes, and all these wonderful things, and 401k and all that stuff for retirement. That's all good. But I'm here to tell you this morning, there is nothing like having in a, a relationship with God uh, possessing faith uh, there is no greater possession that you can ever have uh, than faith uh, in God uh, faith uh, in God uh, because when everything else fail uh, faith uh, in God uh, cannot uh, and will not fail uh, I don't care about anything else uh, if I don't have faith uh, in God You gotta possess faith. You can't just think faith. You can't just say faith. You gotta possess it. And the question is, how do you know you possess it? Did you read along with me this morning? And without faith? You read it with me too, right? We read it together, right? So, if I'm gonna please God, I gotta possess this thing. If I'm really going to please God, I have to possess. You know, here's another thing. How can you please God if you don't know nothing about God? Just saying. Just saying. That's what I'm saying. You got to know who he is. You got to have the knowledge of who God is. Because if you don't have the knowledge of who he is, uh, you, you, how are you going to please him? Are you just going to do what you feel and do what you think and say, well, God will be all right with that? Uh-oh, you done took the place of God now. In Matthew 14:22 that we read earlier, the scripture says, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitude away. 
This was when when Jesus prompted the disciples to get in the ship and go, and he sent the multitude away. That was right after he fed the 5,000. And so he did a great miracle and fed the 5,000. And so guess what was happening? The 5,000, Scripture says, women, not counting children and men. <laughs> so, we, you know, we all say 5,000, but it was 5,000 women, not counting children and men. So it was a larger number than that. But he had just did the miracle of feeding the 5,000 with two fishes. Right? Uh-huh. And so now they wanted God to be their king right then and there because he just proved to them that he was God. Because can't no man multiply this and feed no thousands like this off of just, you know, these couple of fishes and a couple of loaves. Who can do that? And so they realized he was God Almighty. We got to make him our king. And so when they started whispering around, of course, the master knows everything. And so he realized that's what they were thinking. He said, come on, come on, come on. Let's go, disciples. Get the ship and go. People, it's time to go home. I preached to you. I fed you. Just like today, we're going to feed you, be fed. I preached to you. I fed you. Time to go. And he wanted to send them off because he didn't want this uproar of Jesus is our king. Jesus is our king because that was still some ways off. Before he had to be crucified. So he didn't want all of that stuff to start. And so can I tell you this? The plan of God cannot be manipulated. It cannot be abandoned or abolished. His plans was established before the foundation of this world. And so Jesus don't do like me and you. He don't allow his emotion to get the best of him and then he start making quick decisions. He don't allow his, his, his emotion to start riding high because everybody think he's the greatest. And so now all of a sudden, man, I might as well just abandon ship and just make, make, just become the king now because they want me to be king. He didn't allow the excitement and their appreciation to sway what he was supposed to do. And I'm here to tell you today, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad or in between. Don't let anything sway you from putting your eyes on Jesus. Don't let anything sway you from concentrating on Him. Don't let anything sway you to not obey and trust Him because He was the greatest example that we was ever experienced and when He came to this earth He didn't allow anything to abort the mission. He didn't allow anything uh, to interfere with the plan. Uh, he didn't allow anything uh, to stop what he had to do. Me and you, we did the multiplying. <laughs> oh, I can see it now. God allow a preacher one day, Foxy, to multiply fishes and bread and feed over 5,000. That preacher going to be walking around strutting. Everybody going to come to that church. Man, you heard what he did? Right away, what he did. Nobody think about Jesus. Right away, what he did. And all of a sudden, that preacher is starting to think more of himself than he is. 
all because God used him to do something great and people are flocking to him. All of a sudden, now he thinks he's the man or she thinks she's the man, whoever. But Jesus didn't allow the crowd to sway him. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Because he multiplied and did the miracle. And then, Jesus, Jesus. And he got an entourage with him. Man, entourage, people cheering Jesus. He's just supposed to just be like, yeah, yeah. You know, fix his shoulder. Say, yeah, I am the man. Didn't allow any of that to sway him. And so we can't allow compliments or negative talk towards us to sway us. Somebody hear me? Somebody hear me? Don't allow compliments to sway you. And don't allow negative conversation to sway you. So if somebody says something negative about you, don't let that mess you up. If somebody says something great about you, don't let that mess you up. When you hear those things, uh, you respond in the appropriate way uh, and keep it moving. uh, Because you are on a mission for Christ. Uh, You're going somewhere. Uh, You're trying to possess faith. Uh, You're trying to live right and talk right. Uh, So if it comes negative, uh, don't let it change you. Uh, If it comes positive, uh, don't let it to change you. If it comes with great excitement, don't let it change you. Just keep on going. Oh God, we're trying to be like Jesus. I don't know about you, but I want to be like Jesus. And I want to act the way he acted. I want to live the way he lived. I want to do the things that he done because I know for certainty that will get me in with him. Oh, he didn't allow them to mess up his flow. Oh, my God. In 24, the scripture says, But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch, you know when the fourth watch is? Yeah, so you know how um, the the, the timetable working, and, and, and some of you don't know, over in Israel the timetable is this, from 6 in the morning till 6 in the evening, that's the daytime. It's 12 hours. Then after 6 o'clock p.m., the next three hours is called the first watch. After that three hour, it's called the second watch. After that three hours, it's called the third watch. After that three hours, the fourth watch, which brings you back to 6 in the morning, starts the new day. So they don't do like us, 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning. <laughs> no, they don't do that. So the fourth watch was between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., probably somewhere about 4 a.m. They was on the water. Interesting, right? And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. Now, 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 again, if you're going to have faith, because I know many people read this and say, hold on, um, That really didn't happen. And you know why you would say that really didn't happen? Because you don't know him. Because if you understood that Jesus is God manifest, and God was the one that created the seas, and God was the one that created the earth, and God was the one that created the grass and the trees, And God was the one that gave life because life only exists because he had life in him. And so he brought life into existence. If you understand that, then I don't question him walking on the sea. 
You see, you see what I'm saying? If you want to speak intellectually and smart, you're going to say, now that gravity says he can't do that. But all I can tell you is he's God Almighty. He's the creator of the sea. He rules the sea. He created everything. So why can't he walk on what he created? Everything bows down to God. Everything worships God, whether they want to or not. I've read in the Bible where it says every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It means everything that is created, it has to bow before him and say, God, Almighty. He is the God of all creation. He is the God of life. And every knee must bow and every tongue shall confess. This is what the scripture says, that if you don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. If you don't praise me, the mountains will sing. If you don't praise me, all my creation will praise me. And so just because they were created by God, they already stand in praise of God. Because how did they get here? All of creation already give God praise. All of creation already worship God. It's up to us now, the ones that were created in His image, to begin to give Him praise. Because everything else is giving Him praise. The mountains are giving Him praise. The trees are giving Him praise. The rocks are giving Him praise. All the skies are giving Him praise. All the animals give Him praise. Everything in this world give praise to God. Because they couldn't not exist if God didn't exist and by them existing they give praise to God but unto you and me humans made in the image of God he says now you have been given the privilege and the right to clap your hands you've been given the privilege and the right to sing unto me you've been given the privilege and the right to shout and to sing and to dance oh somebody you've been given the privilege you're not a rock you're not a mountain you're not a tree you're not the grass you can praise God because you have two hands you have a mouth you have breath you can praise God you don't have to stay still you don't have to sit there you can praise God I praise you, Jesus. I praise you, Almighty God. I praise you. Listen, the mountains, they're in their place. The rocks, they're in their place. The ground, they're in their place. And so they are being and doing what they're supposed to do. But we, who are made in the image of God, what are we supposed to do? Hosanna, Hosanna. We're supposed to bow. We're supposed to sing. We're supposed to worship. We're supposed to praise. We're supposed to give Him honor. Oh, 
Hallelujah. 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 I will not let the rocks uh, stay in their place giving God's praise. Uh, I will not let the mountains uh, be who they are giving God praise. Uh, And me, uh, who is made in the image of God, uh, don't shout. uh, Don't dance. uh, Don't jump. uh, Don't sing. uh, Oh, God, I praise you. uh, Oh, God, I praise you. uh, Jesus, you are my God. uh, Jesus, you are my God. And I love thee, O Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let me tell you something. The scripture said that while the winds were contrary, the scripture said that while the winds were boisterous, oh, guess what? The fishermen, those disciples, they were in the boat, and the boat just didn't seem to be handling the winds of the sea. The sea is rough, and the winds are blowing, and they were worried, wondering what will happen. And all of a sudden, here comes Jesus walking on the water, and they said, what is that? Is that a ghost? No, Jesus says, uh, be of good cheer. It is I, the I am. <laughs> Whatever you need, I am. <laughs> God, the I am showed up in the water and said, here I am. Wherever you are, I am. Whatever you need, I am. And so Jesus came on the scene and said, I told you from the beginning, Moses, tell them the I am that I am sent you. And I will be who I'm going to be. And when the rivers and the waters, they got out of control, the I am that created the waters, that created the sea, the I am showed up. Oh, the I am is in the house right now. Why don't you worship the I am? Why don't you worship the king? Oh, he's here today. He will be what he has to be so he can do what he has to do. The I am is here today. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Ataye keta edemoshi kata na baha e yoshotolo maho. Why don't you understand this? Why don't you understand this, wonderful people of God? God knows your situation before it ever happened. When God sent those disciples into the ship and tell them to go on the other side and I will meet you over there. What you thought? He didn't know there was going to be a storm. He didn't know the winds was going to be boisterous. He didn't know the sins were going to be rough. Oh, he knew full well what would happen. But he sent them anyway. I'm here to tell you, don't think your circumstance or your situation 
nation is catching God by surprise. He knew before it happened that it would happen. And so I'm here to tell you today, be of good courage. Be of good courage. God is in the storm with you. God is in the situation with you. God is in the fire with you. Somebody ought to give him praise and say thank you, Jesus. You're not alone. 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 God is right near with you. I want you to think about that. I want you to worship God. Oh my God. Because the enemy, even your flesh sometimes tells you you're alone. Even your situation tells you there is no hope. There is no help. But I'm here to tell you that I am is right there with you. That I am is right there with you. Oh my God. Oh my God. Don't let nobody tell you that you don't have a choice. Don't let nobody tell you you're stuck. Don't let nobody tell you you can't get out of your situation. I don't care how much and how badly you feel trapped. I don't care how much or how badly it seems like you'll never be able to make it or get out. I don't care. You don't have the answer, but the I am has the answer. And so every situation, every trial, every storm, every fire that you're in, God is here today to tell you, I'm the I am. I'm present everywhere, all at once, and I am who I'm going to be. I am your deliverer. I am your healer. Don't you understand me this morning? God wants you to know you don't have to panic. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to think you're going to lose. You don't have to worry about missing out on heaven. The I am is in your situation. Oh, yeah. You got to know that this morning. You got to know that this morning. The I am, the I am, uh, he's present. Uh, he's right there with you. Ask the three Hebrew boys. They experienced the fourth man in the fire. They were in the fire. And let me tell you something. What we've learned about God, when God is in your situation with you, it don't affect you the same way it would if God is not with you. So just lock in and say, God, oh God, I know you're with me. I know you're with me. And no matter what my situation is, I know you're with me. And just trust that you'll be all right. Listen, somehow we equate living for God as better roses, easy life. But here is what I've come to tell you this morning. From the minute or moment that you obtain faith, you just entered in to an environment of trying. 
an environment of testing. So we have a choice, and some of us are, 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 are challenged because we're saying, if I serve God, I'm going to have to go through stuff. Here's good news. If you don't serve God, you got to go through stuff. So I might as well serve God and go through the stuff because all that stuff is, is the trying of my faith, is the testing of my faith. No matter what goes on, God is trying to get you to obtain faith that you will serve him, that you will live for him. All that you're going through is to just get you to where God wants you. I'm almost there. God is present with us. You don't have to worry about it. Psalms 9, Psalms 9 and 9 says, The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed. I love the Lord. He look out for everybody. There is not one group of people that's going to sit by the side and say, well, God, what about me? He said, no, 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 no. I'm looking out for everybody. If you oppress, I'm for you. If you're, if you're excited about me and living righteous, I'm for you. If you're sick and you need healing in your body, I'm for you. If you're downtrodden, I'm for you. If you're bruised, I'm for you. If you're hurting, I'm for you. God is for everybody. There is not one person that God is not for. Don't you give up on God this morning. Don't you walk out of here today with your head down, lift your head up high and say, God, I heard your word. I know the situation I'm dealing with. You're right there in it. You're right there in it with me. He's a refuge in the times of trouble. He's a refuge in the time of trouble. Anybody experience trouble? Just know that God is a refuge. He's where you go when you're experiencing trouble. Oh, I'm hearing from the Holy Ghost. I'm hearing from the Holy Ghost. Trouble comes your way and you're trying to outrun trouble. God want me to tell you this morning, don't you try to outrun your trouble? Don't you try to outrun your situation? God is telling me this morning, He is the refuge when your trouble starts. That's the time to run to Him. He is the one that's your refuge. He is your hiding place. He is your shelter from the storm. He is the one that keeps you. And so when the problem and the trouble start, God is saying, don't try to outrun it. You can't outrun it. You just got to run to me for I am your refuge in your time of trouble. Anybody have any trouble in here this morning? Don't you have to worry. You need to just smile and wink at your problems. You need to just smile and wink at your situation. I'm here to tell you, just keep on trusting God. Just keep on living for God. That problem, that situation, God will take you through it. Just keep trusting God. In Matthew 14, 28, the word of the Lord says, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. Bid me to come on the water. And he said, come. And he said, come. In your problems, all you got to do is say, Jesus, bid me to come to you. And he will say, come. Oh, 
Oh, my God. If we will just stop when we're going through whatever we're going through, when we're dealing with whatever we're dealing with, if we would just stop and say, Jesus, will you bid me to come? Will you bid me to come? You said to come unto you, ye that are heavy laden. Oh, and need rest. You said to come. Somebody, Jesus wants you to come this morning. He wants you to come this morning. He wants you to come. Oh, God, he wants you to come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Here's another note you need to make. Peter said, bid me to come, Brother D. And Jesus said, come. And Peter walked on water. We've never read anybody else walking on water other than Jesus and Peter. But how did he walk on the water? How did he walk on the water? He says, come. At the word of Jesus is how your miracle will be produced. You can't get miracles doing it the way you want to. He said, if that's you, Lord, bid me to come. He didn't move. If that's you, Lord, bid me to come. And maybe some of us here today need to say, God, if you're in this situation, bid me to come. God, if it's really you, bid me to come. And he will say, come! And you will begin to walk on water. You will begin to do the impossible. Oh, that's why the Bible says, with man, things are not all possible. But with God, all things are possible. This is why we understand that. That with God, all things are possible. That's why the scripture is there to say that if, if we will trust in the Lord, he said to Peter one time in Luke 5 and 5, I believe, he says, throw, cast thy net on the right side. And Peter says, at thy word. Peter was an expert fisherman. And Jesus told him, he told Jesus, we've been fishing all night, Lord. Ain't catch nothing. Jesus said, just cast your net to that side. And when they did, they started pulling fish in. Net was breaking. Because Peter says, even though I'm an expert fisherman, even though I got a lot of knowledge, even though I've been through some things and I've learned some things, at thy word, not at my word, at thy word, I will. Somebody hear me today. Don't do it on your own. Don't do it on your own. Please don't do it on your own. At his word. Oh, this is why the Bible says I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Because it's at his word that I do it. I don't do it because I have the power. I don't do it because I have the wherewithal. I do it because it's at his word. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Can I tell you this as I'm closing? There are challenges and situations and storms and fires and all kind of things that we're experiencing in life. And some of you have prayed, but you haven't heard anything. Do we ever think that sometimes you didn't hear anything? Because there's nothing to be heard. You saw your situation a certain way. You, you understand your situation to be a certain way. 
And the almighty, omniscient God that knows all things is saying, just leave that alone. You, you don't need no answer. You, you think you're dealing with a mountain. You don't need no, you don't need no answer. And so I, I'm here to encourage you this morning to say, you don't always need an answer. If you're praying about your situation and you're getting no answers because you don't need an answer. God is too good to know you need an answer and don't give you none. He's not mean. No, he didn't give you an answer because you don't need an answer. Just keep on going is what he's saying. You don't need an answer. But so often we, we're dealing with things and when we didn't get an answer, we get a little upset with God. And because we get a little upset with God, that makes us almost like we go to our human nature. Well, I'm just going to do what I feel. Uh, uh, I'm just going to do what I feel because I'm not hearing from God. You know what kind of attitude that is? That's an attitude that says you don't really know who God is. You don't have faith. Or your faith has become weak. Because if you know who God is, you're going to say, all right, God, I've been praying about this situation for a while. You want me to give you a good answer? Here's a good answer. We've been praying for a building for the longest. We're five years into building, praying. We haven't heard anything yet. What do you think I'm going to say? Let's go. What? We're not doing nothing. If the church dwindled down to two people because y'all tired of just coming in this place and just, ah, we we, we need a building. I'm going to stay here and say, God, only at thy word. <laughs> when you say it, that's when we move. We, we, we don't think that we're smarter than you, Lord. We don't think that we know more than you, Lord. And so what you say, we wait upon you. And whatever you're going to do, we're waiting upon you. We're not going to make up our own thing and do what we feel like. And I'm here to tell you God is trying to get you the same way in your personal life. When you don't hear from him, just don't do what you want. At his word. At his word. Stand with me. The Bible says in verse 30, same text, but when he saw, talking about Peter, but when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried saying, Lord, save me. I saw this so many times, I'm always looking at it, and I just smile. Listen to how we are. Peter is just like us. And so, it says when he saw the winds boisterous, here's something to think about. When the Lord told him to come, was the winds blowing then? Sure. It, it was the storm that the Lord met them in. So, when the Lord said, come, the wind was still crazy. The seas were still moving crazy. And he walked on water with all that going on. But the Bible says, but when he saw. When you keep your eyes on Jesus, you will live a miraculous life. When you keep your eyes on Jesus, you will live a miraculous life. But when you want to put your eyes on your problems, 
and your circumstances and your situations, you're going to sink. Because Jesus is the creator of all things. Nature bows down to him. He has control over everything. And so why would I even worry about the things surrounding my situation, whatever is happening? God has power over all of that stuff. So why don't I just keep my eye on him? And so when I don't get an answer and it seems like everything is falling down, I need to just say, God, my eyes are on you. You are my refuge. You are my strength. I feel like I'm about to just die. I feel like I'm about to lose it. I can't handle all of this, God, but I'm keeping my eyes on you. Lord, help me not to look to the left or to the right. God, I don't want to see anything. I don't want to see the winds. I don't want to see the storms. I don't want to see the situations. I just want to see you, Lord. I just want to be focused on you, Lord. I just want to look to you, oh God. Don't let me see anything else, oh God. Ah, ah, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. There's some of you in here today that are looking at the situations, looking at the circumstances. Here is the word of the Lord. You can't look at God and look at your situation at the same time. You're either looking at one or the other. You're not looking at both at the same time. It don't work that way. Peter just proved that to us. Peter just proved that to us. That's why the Bible says you can't serve two masters. Mm, God don't lose. God just keep everything in the line. So we know we can't serve two masters. So if we look to the situation, we're not looking at God. Don't lie to yourself. If you look at your situation, you're not looking at God. If you look at God, you can't look at your Oh, God, if I look at you, that's what I felt yesterday. That's what I felt. Now I understand, God. It's because I looked at him. Oh, I got it now, Lord. I got it. I got it. Man, when I look at him, I can't think of anything else. That's what happened to me yesterday. I came here yesterday and I began to pray. And I began to worship God and nothing else mattered. And that's what I felt. That's what consumed me and nothing else had mattered yesterday. It didn't matter what. I was just so caught up in looking at him. Oh, God. That's what you gave me. That's the experience he gave me. He knew what he wanted me to preach. And even when I didn't understand what was happening yesterday, he just revealed it to me. You were looking at me, Wayne. Wayne, you had your eyes on me yesterday. You had your whole being on me yesterday. Nothing yesterday when you came into this place, Wayne, was anything. You couldn't think of anything but me. All you thought about was serving me. All you thought about was your life belonging to me. That's all I could think about yesterday. I couldn't think about anything else. And when that happens, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. It don't matter if the house is on fire when you're looking at God. It doesn't matter if you don't have no money when you're looking at God. It doesn't matter if people aren't treating you right when you're looking at God. It doesn't matter how the the, the job situation is when you're looking at God. It doesn't matter if your spouse not acting right when you're looking at God. The children acting up when you're looking at God. It doesn't matter. 
Because when you look at him, when he's your focus, you can't think of anything else. You can't do anything else. And God, oh, help us to put our focus on you. Help us to put our focus on you, Jesus. Help us to put our focus on you. Peter took his focus off Jesus. And when he took his focus off Jesus, he started sinking. Your problems will get the best of you if that's what you're focused on. Your problems will overtake you if that's what you're focused on. Somebody is revelation for us today that God is trying to tell us that the more you focus on your problem, the more your problem will take control of you. And your problem don't have the power to sustain you. Your problem cannot uphold you. Your problems can't save you. Your problems can't take you over. Only Jesus can do that. And the moment we're putting all our affections and attention on our problems the problem have a hold of us the problem is controlling us Jesus is saying take your eyes off the problems take your eyes off your situations take your eyes off your struggling take your eyes off people People do things and it just just rub us the wrong way or, or it feel like it's an attack on us. Ignore people. Put your eyes on Jesus is what he wants you to know. Will you put your eyes on him? It doesn't matter who treated you wrong. It doesn't matter who did you wrong. It doesn't matter who backstabbed you. It doesn't matter who was treating you bad. Jesus says it will overtake you if you keep looking at that. You can't look at your problems and look at me but if you look at me those things won't matter those things won't matter if you look at me those things cannot stop you if you look at me those things can't hinder you if you look at me somebody listen to me god say nothing can stop you if you look at him nothing can stand before you if you look at him peter walked on water that was an example we have not heard or read about anybody else that walked on water but peter did and the reason he did was because his eyes was on jesus his affection was on jesus his mind and heart and soul was on Jesus. That's why he walked on the water. And Jesus want me to tell you today, with the love of God, I tell you today with all the love of God, that God wants you to look at him and look and focus and set your affections and attention on him because your situation will overtake you. Ah, ah. God is trying to get us to understand something. Listen to me, church. Listen to me. You don't have power over the environment. You don't have power over nature. You don't have power over people. You don't have power over this world system. You don't. And so when you begin to let it get you off track, you are powerless. It will take over you and control you. Whether or not you think it's controlling you, that's your business. I'm telling you, if you put your eyes on your situation, if you put your eyes on the problem, if you put your eyes on this world system, it will control you. But Jesus says, put your eyes on me and watch the miracle. Oh my God, put your eyes on me and watch the miracle. Put your eyes on me and watch the miracle. You will walk on water. Ah, 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 ah. Listen to me. Listen to me. You know what some people don't even read about that story? 
when Peter was sinking. And he said, help, save me, Lord. The Lord stretched out his hand. Listen to this. Didn't Peter walk away from the boat? So when he started sinking, was he sinking at, by the boat or was away from the boat? How he got back in the boat? How he got back in the boat? So he got out of the boat and walked on the word of God. And when he took his eyes, Jesus says, I'm the living word. Just follow me. It's so easy. Jesus says, I am the word. In the beginning was the word and the word. So he is the word. At thy word. The word and Jesus is just the same. And so at thy word, he walked on water. Then he took his eyes off the word. And he started sinking. Then he looked up at the word. Help! Lord, save me. And the word said, come on up. He had to walk back on water to get in the boat. So Peter walked on water a couple of times. But both times his eyes was on Jesus. Both times he was dead focused on the Lord. And the time he took his eyes off of Jesus, off of the word, he was sinking. You will sink if you put your eyes on your problems. You will sink if you keep on worrying about that situation. You're going to sink. It's going to overtake you and you're going to drown. Jesus is sending a clear word to us today. Put your eyes on him. Stay focused on him. Put all your affection, all your attention on him. Because those problems, uh, God's got them all under control. Uh, the problems are only there. What we started talking about today. Testing and trying of our faith. That's all they're there for. God allow them so your faith can be strong. God allow them so you can prove you really have faith. God allow them so your faith can be strengthened and deepened. That's why God allowed them. And he's saying, if you put your eyes on me, your faith will be stronger. Your faith will be deeper. He just wants you to put your eyes on him because then you won't have to worry about anything else. Somebody needs to put their eyes on Jesus today. The faith, your faith is there just to help you. This is why 1 Peter 1 and 7 says that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus. Your trials are just there to prepare you for the return of the Lord, for your time of being with Jesus. Let me tell you this. Our worst of days are our best of days. Brother Tom, our worst of days, you know it, our best of days. Because it's in the worst times that you usually see Jesus. It's in your worst times that you normally focus on him. It's when the days are not good and it looks like no hope. Don't despise your worst days. Don't despise the things that have come your way to challenge you. Don't despise them. The worst of your days are the best of your days because those are the days that allow you to discover who he is. Those are the days that allow you to discover how much he loves you. Those are the days that help you to obtain strong faith. 
Faith tried and tested. Let's take a few moments before we leave here this morning to just thank the Lord, to just put our focus on him, to let the word that we heard today begin to permeate in our soul and our spirit. Father, in the name of Jesus, will you take this time to really love the Lord, adore him and appreciate him because he has spoken to us today. He has allowed us to understand how this thing works and how we're going to be victorious and how we will spend eternity with him and how we will be able to overcome our challenges and all the problems that we face. Oh, he is here today. He is present all the time. It doesn't matter where you are today doesn't matter what you're going through today. God is present right here, right now. Some of us just have not yet said to him, Lord, save me. Will somebody say, Lord, save me? We have allowed so much of our problems to pile up to the point where we become callous and forget to look to Jesus. We forget to look to him and say, God, in spite of all that's going on, I know you're here. God, I know that you're here in spite of what I'm going through. My flesh sometimes wants me to believe that you're not present if I'm going through something. My flesh wants me to believe that I'm just not, you're not present if I'm struggling. Oh, but God, I've learned today that in my struggle, you're present. That in my situation that I'm dealing with, you're present. That when I lack, you're present. Oh, God, that when the storm is taking place, you're present. That when the fire is burning red hot, you're present. And so today, Lord God, I will not let my flesh nor the devil nor people to make me think otherwise. Lord, I know that, yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. We have the psalmist telling us, and though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil, for God is with you. Oh, his rod and his staff would comfort you. Ah, my God. Somebody worship the Lord this morning. Worship the Lord with me. Worship the Lord with me. Give him what he deserves. Love him because he wants to feel your love. God wants to feel your love, church. Individually and collectively, he wants to feel your love. He wants to connect with you. When Adam sinned, God didn't run away from Adam. He said, Adam, where are you? God is not ashamed of you. God is not rejecting you. God is reaching for you. He wants to feel your love. He wants to feel your affection and your attention. Because God loves you. And He just wants you to love Him back. He just wants to feel your love. He wants to feel that connection between you and Him. 
him? Will you connect with the Lord before you leave today and let him know that you hurt him and let him know that you appreciate him speaking to you today? God of heaven, oh Lord, how excellent art thou for today, Lord God, is the day that you had revealed to us the things that we didn't quite understand. Oh, how I worship you. Oh, how I worship you. Oh, how I worship you. Be free today. I prayed that God was going to set you free today. I prayed that God was going to set you free today. I prayed that God will make his liberty to move in your life. That you can lift your hands. That you can lift your voice. That you can lift your heart to him. And just let yourself free. And let yourself go. Let yourself go today. Don't you hold back from God. Let him have the love that he so desire from you. Let him be glorified in the midst of this tabernacle through the worship and through the praise and through the thanksgiving. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody grab a hold of Jesus before you leave here today. Grab a hold of your king before you leave here today. Grab a hold of God before you leave here today. He don't want you to leave without loving him, without reaching for him, without touching him. Somebody reach out to Jesus this morning. Reach out to Jesus this morning. Oh, oh God, I'm sinking in my situation. I'm sinking in my trials and my problems and in my lacking but today Lord Jesus I look to you and place my focus on you and I ask you to save me save me I want to be in your presence I want to walk with you I want to talk with you I want to be in your presence I want to feel your touch I want to be touched by the power from on high oh somebody let God have his way today Yes, Lord. Let yourself go. Let yourself go in the arms of the Lord today. Let yourself go in the arms of the Lord today. Just surrender all. Put all your confidence. Put all your trust in Him today. For He is God Almighty. He loves you. He loves you. Put all your faith in Him. Put all your confidence in Him. Put all your trust in Him. And let Him lead you. Let Him reign in your life. Let Him keep you. Oh, God, have your way. Have your way. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ah. 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 Ah, love him. We love you, Jesus. 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 Oh, Jesus! Somebody just wave your hands to the Lord this morning. Open up your heart. I'm not going to let the ocean praise Him and not praise Him. I'm not going to let the trees praise Him and I not praise Him. I'm not going to let the rocks praise Him and I don't praise Him. I'm not going to let 
anything, praise God. And I'm not praising Oh.